Welcome to The Lex Factor, a lawfully good podcast where we'll brief you on the business of law so you can build a better practice and capture more billable hours. Hello and welcome to this next episode of The Lex Factor podcast. Again, you may not or you may recognize my voice. This is Randy Shorefighty. I am the special host for today's podcast episode. As a reminder, you can go to uh, the Lexicon Services YouTube channel. You can like and subscribe. Today, we have welcomed back some guests from the bar plan. Whitney Dunn, Senior Risk Manager, and Charles Coffey, Director of Sales and Marketing. Today, they're going to talk about a different topic. Today's topic is what to do when a lawyer leaves your law firm. So I want to welcome back Whitney Dunn and Charles Coffey. Thank you, Randy. It's great to be here again. Yes, thank you very much. Good to to see you and hear you. Absolutely. We had a great time with Whitney and Charles previously talking about lawyer well-being as risk management. And so for everyone listening, um, Whitney and Charles, if you want to just take a couple of moments to reintroduce yourselves to our audience and then just briefly explain what the bar plan is all about. Great. Happy to. Well, as Randy said, my name is Whitney Dunn. I am the senior risk manager at the bar plan. And um, I'll let Charlie talk a little bit about who the bar plan is and what we do there, but specifically what we do in risk management is provide guidance for um, law firms and attorneys on the right procedures and policies to put in place to make sure that um, they're appropriately responding to the types of risks that we see are common in um, in the legal field as an LPL insurance company. Yeah, and, and like Whitney said, um, my name is Charlie Coffey, um, and I'm going to just first tell you a little bit about the bar plan before I tell you about myself. Um, the bar plan was really born out of a crisis uh, in the in the mid '80s, where large insurance companies were pulling out of the lawyers' malpractice insurance market. And uh, lawyers were literally finding themselves unable to get insurance. So um, the Missouri Bar, uh, like several bar associations across the country, decided to go ahead and uh, form its own insurance company to share the risk amongst that uh, state bar's members. And so um, that's how the bar plan was formed. It was originally called the Missouri Bar Plan. Now we are now independent of the Missouri Bar, and we are a mutual company owned by our insurance. But we are a monoline insurance company, meaning just provide lawyers professional liability insurance. Um, we do have an agency where we offer some other products to help lawyers, business owners, policies, that kind of thing. But uh, we are all about lawyers. And uh, our, our tagline is we help lawyers build a better practice. And we really do believe that. Uh, we really do live that every day. So many of our employees of the bar plan are attorneys themselves. Just like you and Whitney, um, correct? Exactly. Whitney and I are both attorneys as well. And I actually uh, came to the bar plan originally back in 2012 as a member of the claims department. So for about uh, eight years, I handled claims against lawyers um, of all types. And um, I then took a little brief hiatus and came back as director of sales and marketing because uh, I really believe in the bar plan and, mm-hmm. and what we do. And uh, and I'm very happy to be back here in, in this new role and uh, happy to be here today. Wonderful. Well, thank you, uh, Whitney and Charles, for reintroducing yourselves, uh, not only to the audience, but myself. I I do remember we had a great discussion the last time, um, again, talking about lawyer well-being as risk management. Today's topic, 
We're going to talk about what to do when a lawyer leaves your firm. Sounds pretty, to me, now I'm not a lawyer, but sounds, you know, pretty straightforward and, uh, you know, cut and dry. But uh, not being a lawyer, I'm sure there are some intricacies and specifics that others, you know, may not know about. Even lawyers themselves, you know, there, you know, there could be a, a, an attorney who leaves a firm and then decides to hang out uh, their own shingle and, you know, starting out as a solo and then, you know, building a successful practice and then bringing on one, two or however many other uh, attorneys to be a part of the legal roster. And, you know, what does that managing partner or or sole principal do whenever, you know, a lawyer leaves your firm? And so it's not just cut and dry, is it? No. <laughs> That's the shortest answer I think I've ever heard on the Lex Factor. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely isn't. There are so many disciplinary opinions and ethics opinions talking about attorneys specifically doing this incorrectly and it causing issues. You know, law firms are businesses. Mm-hmm. And 99% of the time that there are problems when a lawyer leaves a firm, it's because they have their business hat on and the lawyer is worried about financials and isn't necessarily considering that there might be some ethics requirements based on the rules of professional conduct that govern lawyers' behavior. Mm-hmm. So the both attorneys in that situation, both the attorney leaving and then the attorneys who are remaining in the firm, want to keep those clients. The firm thinks these are my clients. They belong to this firm. The lawyer thinks I'm the one representing these people. These are my clients. And the reality is those clients do not belong to anyone. They're human beings who have choice (laughs) and they need to be appropriately told about what those choices look like. And a lot of law firms and lawyers do it wrong. Really? I'm, I'm, you know, again, not being an attorney myself that did just... I'm a little a little surprised by that, but that's why we well, have maybe, you guys on to talk about it. <laughs> maybe a lot isn't the right isn't the right word to use, uh-huh. but definitely enough that it is a concern, and especially in light, you know, we're going through the the great resignation is, uh-huh. is what right. the media has termed it or whatever. People are people are changing jobs, people are leaving jobs, people are deciding that they want to do something different with their life. And that is probably going to have an impact on law firms if law firms don't think about this and um, and get prepared now mm-hmm. for what they should and shouldn't do when somebody leaves the firm. And Randy, I think um, sort of a good way to frame this topic is to step back and look how lawyers overall are different than a lot of other professions Um you know, what in terms of leaving jobs and, and what the obligations are. Today, things like non-competes, non-solicitation agreements, those things are very commonplace in the industry. Mm-hmm. And it's very different with lawyers, though. And really, to distill a, a very uh, complicated and, <laughs> and, and uh, extensive set of information down to one little phrase, I would say that, you know, it's really all because the client needs to have the ability to pick their own representation and to uh, ensure that they are represented effectively. So, you know, unlike even physicians, other business professionals, you know, lawyers cannot restrict themselves such that it would then restrict the clients. Mm -hmm. So a firm cannot tell a lawyer, when you leave this firm, you can't take the Smith company with you as a client because 
as Whitney said, the Smith company doesn't belong to the, to any, either one of those lawyers. It, it, you know, they have their own choice. Right. So I think that's a good way to kind of start out the discussion because it's, it's really all about the client and what the client needs and, and is entitled to. And lawyers sort of have to, to work around that, so to speak. What should a law firm, again, no matter the size, no matter how many attorneys or whatnot, what is, what is that first step? What do they need to do? Is there something... If there's something they don't have in place, what is that thing that they need to get in place, you know, right now? Well, what we recommend is that law firms should look at this issue and put a plan in place, develop a procedure for what will happen when it occurs. And there are a few reasons for that. One is if you do it now, then it's done, right? right. And then when someone comes and they say, okay, I'm leaving the firm, this is my two weeks notice, you already know what to do. Imagine having that load off of your shoulders because you did the work up front. But also, and more importantly, emotions and tensions are going to probably be running high. Now, I'm not saying every time a person leaves a law firm, it is contentious, but I know for a fact that it frequently is. You know, the law firm feels perhaps that they've been, um, that, that they've invested a lot in this attorney and that the attorney owes some type of loyalty to them. Um, If the attorney is leaving, there's probably a reason and it probably isn't because they loved their job and every single thing they did and every single person (laughs) that they worked with. Um, So because those emotions will be running high, if you put a plan in place now, when it happens, you just follow that checklist and you don't let the emotions dictate how and whether and when you communicate with the clients about what those um, about what their choice looks like. I'm not trying to be rude. You were talking about how emotions can run high, and there could be any any number of reasons of why. You know, again, any any employee at any company, or you know, since we're talking about attorneys in a law firm, does it get sticky when it's a rainmaker? Oh yeah, that can be ugly because right. you know, like I said at the top, law firms. Whenever a lawyer's leaving, law firms are businesses and. Charlie mentioned kill what you eat or eat what you kill, not not kill what you eat, but eat what you kill. (laughs) And the fact that that is the, you know, that eat what you kill mentality, it is something that makes the attorney feel like, well, if all of these companies and all of these clients go with this rainmaker, I have nothing now because yeah, I've got my clients over here, but we were partners and I relied on those rainmakers clients to help form the, you know, form the practice that I have and I've got to do something about it. Those right. those are the firm's clients. This is wrong. We have that plan or that policy in place, you know, now if if there isn't one in place now to get it done now, that policy is in place. So, what are what are some of the steps? What are some of the to-dos? You got that policy and you have that procedure. What are some of those to-dos within that policy and procedure when a when a, an attorney decides to leave a firm? The biggest thing is making sure that the clients receive notice of the fact that the attorney is leaving. Okay. Not notice that you, you know, oh, well, by the way, Jim was representing you and now you're going to be represented by Barbara. Mm-hmm. No. Right. Notice that Jim is leaving <laughs> and Jim is an option for continued representation. Right. Or there's also Barbara or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. There are options there. And then you allow the clients to make that choice 
And then the law firm has to abide by that choice. There's a case in Missouri called NRA Couples. And that is the case to read if you are, at least if you're a Missouri firm wanting to put a policy in place, because it really breaks it down. And there are similar cases in, you know, every other jurisdiction, because this is something that um, that is true in, in all of the, you know, all of the states that clients have the ultimate choice about who would represent them. But the couple's opinion breaks down with three C's, communication, choice, and cooperation. Communication is communicating to the client that the second C, they have the choice in who's going to represent them. And the cooperation is something that may be difficult because we've talked about how it can be sticky or ugly, emotions running high. But cooperation is the leaving attorney and the firm should cooperate to make this communication to the client because they both have the duty to communicate that to the client. And if they cooperate, it's way easier. And is it, it isn't as messy as two different letters going out each from their own, you know, kind of skewed perspective of why it would be really good <laughs> to stick with whoever was sending the letter. Right. 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 Is there a time frame to notify that client that their attorney is leaving the firm? Is there a, I mean, do you have to give, you know, does it have to be sent out or postmarked or whatever within a week or three days or is there anything like that? So there isn't anything, you know, the rules do not have a specific date at which it has to occur. And so our guidance is as early as possible because you, you know, the the attorneys and the firm are going to need that time mm-hmm. to transition those files however they need to be transitioned to, um, to give the client time to make that choice. And um, and so, you know, if you want to firm, wait until the day the attorney is leaving to send out those letters or emails, <laughs> right. you can. That's not technically impermissible under the rules, but it's a bad risk management practice. Right, right. Yeah, and you have to keep in mind that the, the notice requirement we've been talking about is something that is on both the departing attorney and the firm. So, um, you know, either one or both could be disciplined for failing to provide that proper notice. So, um, you know, both have a vested interest in making sure that it goes out properly and that it goes out at all. Now we're going back into risk management. So on the third C of cooperation, what kind of risk management you know, circumstances could a law firm or the departing attorney run into if there is no well-aligned cooperation? Oh, gosh, there, there are a lot of, them. you know, <laughs> one of them, like, like Charlie and I have said that they both have a duty. And so if you just think the other one is, if the leaving lawyer thinks the firm is taking care of it, and the firm thinks the leaving lawyer is taking care of it, and then no one takes care of it, what a mess. Right. Um, another thing that can happen if cooperation isn't there is that you know, we're worried about, we're worried about the financials, right? We're worried about the business side. If cooperation isn't there and things get ugly and sticky and the firm, you know, the client gets two letters from one from the firm and one from the leaving lawyer, and they're both weird and and cryptic and both clearly trying to, (laughs) trying to get one over on the other. Right. The client has a third option. And that is, they say, give me my file. I'm going to find somebody else. I don't want any of you who's doing this anymore. Right, right. And that can be a, that can be something that can happen if cooperation isn't there. It can just give the client a bad feeling and, oh, I don't want to deal with any of these people. I don't want to feel like we skipped over the second C of choice, but can that get sticky? Let's say, you know, a client 
is more than happy with the service and the satisfaction and results they've gotten from the firm. How sticky could that that second C of choice become? Well, you hope not, not sticky at all, because that should be the easiest part. You give the client the choice and then the client makes the choice and the attorneys have to abide by what that choice is. So the only way that could get sticky is if one or the other side isn't doing that correctly and is engaging in tactics that are um, that are meant to not not give the client a choice, but meant to tell the client, persuade the client more than persuade, but almost make the client think that there isn't a choice and it's obvious that they should go with one or the other. I guess one other way it could be sticky choice-wise is if the client isn't communicative, if the client receives the letter and the the firm and the attorney don't ever get any word back. um, And in that situation, it is permissible for, and this requires cooperation from the (laughs) firm and the attorney, but it is permissible for them to essentially say, if you have not responded by X date, we will presume that you would like to, and then whichever whichever one they think is the would be the client's presumptive choice at a big firm, maybe the presumptive choice is they stay with the firm because the client didn't, you know, the client didn't maybe come in with the with that specific attorney. Maybe it's an associate, for example, and the associate's been dealing with most of the things, and maybe the firm would think, well, this is our client. On the other side, it uh, maybe the presumptive choice is the individual attorney because they are the peop- the the person who has the communication with the client, and the client doesn't know or really care about the firm because they came in through the attorney. Um, but again, that requires that cooperation right. if you're if you're going to be um, to be dealing with that. And we always recommend if you have a non communicative client that you try again (laughs) (laughs) because their choice is paramount. Right. Absolutely. I see we're almost out of time again. This is, I mean, if if, it just like the last episode, this episode just felt like it just went by fast. And again, we're talking about, or we talked about today, what to do when a lawyer leaves your firm. And it's not always as cut and dry as it might be for other individuals in other companies or other situations or other industries. And so Again, we want to thank Whitney Dunn and Charlie Coffey from The Bar Plan. Uh, Whitney and Charlie, thank you so much again for coming back. Enjoyed your your appearance for a second time. Thank you. We had a great time. I shouldn't say we. I shouldn't speak for Charlie. No, but I, I had a great well. time. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> thank no, you. that's great. Yeah. And so, again, thanks to Whitney and Charles for coming on. They are with The Bar Plan. First time on, they talked about lawyer well-being as risk management. You can go on to lexiconservices.com and look up that podcast, download and listen to it. A lot of great information. And then again, today's episode, What to Do When a Lawyer Leaves Your Firm. Wendy and Charles, thank you so much. And before we close out, as always, go to Lexicon Services' YouTube channel. You can like and subscribe, listen to any past episode of The Lex Factor, or go anywhere you get your podcast, like, download, subscribe. I'm happy to have you listen and learn from any of our guests uh, on The Lex Factor and The Lex Factor Briefs episodes. I'm Randy Shorefighty. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to The Lex Factor. Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.